First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 647 of First Class Fatherhood, a family-made media podcast. And if you got a son or daughter playing baseball or you're coaching Little League Baseball, listen up. This episode is for you. Today, James Lowe, better known as Coach Ball Game, joins me on the podcast. I absolutely love what James Lowe has created with his Coach Ball Game. He really found a way to connect with kids to help them fall in love again with the game of baseball while teaching them the skills. Uh, he has a unique ability to rally the young players, the kids, and draw them into the game at a time where we know kids are always glued to their phones, glued to the video games and the screens. He combines a level of props, nicknames, catchphrases with ideals of what baseball is really about. And like I said, he just really helps the kids fall in love with the game of baseball. You got to check him out on social media. Coach Ball Game on TikTok. He's got millions of likes, millions of views. He's got a very a very catchy way of helping kids remember the fundamentals of baseball. So if you are a Little League Baseball coach or you have a kid playing Little League Baseball, you got to check out Coach Ball Game. Go to his website or just follow him on Instagram or TikTok, Coach Ball Game, because you can definitely pick up a few skills that you can directly apply to the kids that you're coaching or your own kids that are playing baseball. In 2019, Coach Ball Game partnered with Major League Baseball to help run play ball camps at the College World Series in Omaha and also the 2019 Major League Baseball All-Star Game in Cleveland. He's been featured on Fox Sports pregame show, and he's even thrown out the first pitch at Wrigley Field. James Lowe, or Coach Ball Game, offers year-round baseball clinics and winter, spring, and summer baseball camps. He also runs weekly sandlot baseball games where players get a chance to play without the pressure of a formal league. I'm telling you, you got to go check the website out, Coach Ball Game. The link is in the description of this podcast episode. See what he's all about. He's got his heart in the right place. And I got to give a special hat tip to uh, Super Bowl champion quarterback Brad Johnson, uh, who hooked me up and put me in touch with James Lowe. Very glad that he did. Honored to have him on the podcast today. James Lowe will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with James Lowe was recorded on video. It is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation between Coach Ball Game and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, I've been getting some tremendous feedback from what I've been telling you guys about here from the last two weeks. You know that these episodes are now being brought to you by Family Made Media and that they have launched an amazing newsletter that's sent out every Monday and Friday. I promise you don't want to miss it. The newsletter touches on relevant topics, personal stories from Sean Johnson and Andrew East, and of course, shares family-centered content to get you excited and informed about family life. To subscribe to the newsletter, all you got to do is go over to news.familymade.com and type in your email address, and then that's it. Boom. You will never miss out on a family-made newsletter or anything that Family Made Media has to offer. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, at Alec underscore Lace, for all the upcoming guest announcements. Later this week, future NFL Hall of Famer Terrell Suggs will be joining me here on the podcast. He had a tremendous career. Excited to have him coming up on First Class Fatherhood soon. If you can, help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You know Father's Day is every day right here on the podcast. And here comes my interview straight up with James Lowe, Coach Ball Game on First Class Fatherhood. (laughs) 
Joining me now, First Class Father, James Lowe, better known as Coach Ballgame. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Honored to be here. Thanks for having me, Alec. All right, let's start it here. How many kids do you have? How old are they? Well, I got a, an eight-year-old daughter who's in third grade, and I got a four-year-old daughter who's in pre-K. So two girls, and we're calling it a day right there. No, no more uh, uh, no more kids for me. I think I have about a 1,000 sons on the baseball field uh, in my coaching, so having two daughters at home is, is plenty. Very cool. Yeah, it took us four tries to get that girl. So we had three boys, then got her uh, finally, and that was it for us. So, uh, And you talk about the baseball. If you could, James, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. So born and raised North Carolina, where I just fell in love with the game of baseball at a very young age. Had a big backyard and had two older brothers and a dad that taught me the game and invited neighbors over, and we'd have Sandlot games in our backyard. So uh, baseball came naturally, watched a lot of baseball on TV with my pops. Uh, that's kind of how I learned the game. And then I, I, I got a chance to play four years of college baseball at Brown University. Uh, from there, uh, out west to L.A., where I started coaching kids. I, I hung up the, the cleats. Uh, my playing days were over, but I, I loved being around the game, and I, I loved impacting kids. So I had an opportunity with with a former teammate of mine from Brown coaching these youth baseball camps over the summers. And uh, that's, that's how my, my coaching career began. I feel like my twenties were my uh, grad school for coaching. I had really good mentors that I would uh, work underneath and they'd, they'd really show me the power of positive reinforcement and building character and making it very fun. So once I hit 30 and got married, started having my own kids, uh, my wife gave me a nice little nudge to to start my own thing and and to to really get coach ball game off the ground. So um, uh, my my twenties were all about failing uh, and really trying all the different things that I loved, which was theater and music. And uh, you know, I played in a bunch of different bands uh, on the drum kit. Uh, I love to create and write. Um, uh, all the arts that I loved doing uh, in, in my younger days and in college, um, I failed at it. And, and I, you know, I, I, I really wasn't driven by my parents to settle, which I'm very thankful for. They didn't, they didn't drive me, okay, go, go work on that business econ degree years. No, they said, go after what you love. And so I did that. And, and uh, thankfully, uh, once Coach Ballgame got cranked up, I can bring a drum set or, or a bongo drum on the baseball field. I can create these characters for these kids. I can write poetry and sing songs and it engages these kids. So um, all of those things that I failed at in my 20s, uh, I, I've taken uh, and, and learned from and, and I'm able to use now. So there's this marriage of all of my interests uh, into one thing. And, and now it's called Coach Ballgame. Yeah, and, and you've had tremendous success with this uh, on social media as well. It's being very well received. I know you're you're over a hundred thousand uh, followers on TikTok, more than three and a half or three point two million likes uh, over there. So people are enjoying the content. They're loving the content. What well, what seems to be the thing that clicked and kind of set it off? What are the videos that are the most popular? I mean, I know that they're all informative. A lot of them are, you know, obviously they have some entertainment value to them, but a lot of them come with something that actual uh, little league coaches they can actually use. 
uh, and apply when they're actually coaching their kids. So what were, what were the videos that kind of really set the coach ball game thing off on social media? What was the one? Well, I've, I've learned that with social media, if you want to get a lot of views, you got to solve a problem. you got to solve somebody's problem. And uh, I tapped into, in my 20s, ways to engage kids uh, in a fun way. And, and it can be very boring uh, to learn how to catch a baseball or throw a baseball or field a ground ball. Uh, but if you throw a catchphrase in there or if you create this song that they're going to go home singing to their parents – uh, then they'll remember it and it lasts. So uh, the, the most popular videos I do on TikTok and Instagram are definitely instructional videos where even a, maybe a, a guy that played Major League Baseball uh, would, would really get some use out of because they don't know how to teach a five-year-old how to catch, right? They, uh, they, they've been used to throwing at 95 miles an hour and, and playing the game like, uh, like a pro. But when you, when you try and teach a five-year-old how to catch a ball, you kind of need uh, you need a catchphrase. So my catchphrase is meet, squeeze, and freeze. That's how you catch a baseball, and you can toss it up against a wall. You can toss it up in the air and high-five it. So I, I wrote a, a meet, squeeze, and freeze song. I also have one for throwing where you point your glove, you knock the ball towards the sky, and you fire. Uh, and creating songs of, of how to get down and ready. I, I call it dancing on a toilet. Uh, you get kids laughing, you get kids singing along with it, clapping along with the tune. They're going to go home. They're going to tell their parents that song and they're going to teach them what they learned uh, of how to catch, throw or uh, get down and ready. So uh, I think those are the most popular ones where I'm I'm helping a mom or a dad uh, when when they're trying to teach their five, six, seven year old uh, how to catch, how to throw and and then some others that get a lot of views are my nickname videos. Uh, I think the most important thing I can do as a coach is to relate and engage the kids upon their arrival. So the first rule of Sandlot, which are the baseball camps that I coach, uh, is you got to have a nickname. And I ask them what their real name is, what they love to do, what they love to eat, what's their favorite animal, favorite superhero. And based on things that they love, we'll come up with a good nickname for them. And then I'll have them line up at home plate and I'm sitting on my cajon drum and I'll rattle off their nicknames as they run around the bases beating on that drum. Uh, and those videos get a lot of views and likes as well. And I think when I go around the country on my tours, uh, that's what everybody asks. Like, how can you memorize all these nicknames? How do you do that? And the answer is, well, you, you create meaning uh, to the name. You know, if, if it's just John, I don't really have, I don't have any frame of reference or, or, or historical value to that name, John. But when you call a kid uh, Johnny Bag of Ribeyes, well, okay, they must love steak. They must like to eat lots of steak. Uh, and so Johnny Bag of Ribeyes it is. Or, or uh, I got a great nickname yesterday, a kid, he wanted to be called Leaf Pile. Uh, I mean, his name is Branson. But if, if, you, if you create this other persona, this, what do you love to do? I love to jump into leaf piles. Okay. That's your nickname. Uh, he kind of, once he steps onto the field, he's not just Branson. He's this superhero. He's leaf pile. So uh, really engages the kids and, and they love it. But as far as memorizing all those nicknames, I provide meaning to it and, and uh, you know, it, it sticks. 
Yeah, that's awesome, James. And I know that baseball now, especially it's a 365-day-a-year sport. I mean, so many kids are playing baseball year-round. They have so many different travel leagues. So it's become like a, a full-time job, in a sense, for so many parents that have their kids playing just the one game all year long. So I would imagine that's got to keep you busy. Do you run this uh, throughout the year? I mean, I would imagine you can never find a time where there's not at least a baseball league or something somewhere for you to go. And is it is that what the case is? You travel to these different places and put these camps on? Is that how it works out? Yeah. So I, my home is here in Orange County, California. And the beautiful thing about Orange County, California is I can coach outdoors year round. So right now I'm in the midst of a fall season of sandlots. So these are after school programs uh, zoned primarily towards teaching the love of baseball and, and building character. Um, and so I do that in the fall. Then I have a winter session as well, where the weather's beautiful here. And then a spring season. And that's my school schedule. Now, uh, each month, I'll go to one or two um, different places in America. I'll fly to uh, Florida in February and do, do some sandlots there. I'll go to Texas or Arizona in March. Last year, I went to Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, in April, I went to Toronto in May, uh, and then I always go back home to North Carolina in June and run lots of baseball sandlots there. Um, I've also partnered up with MLB. They've hired me on to be the ambassador of Play Ball, which is their initiative to grow the game to our youth. So they'll fly me around to different places. They'll be flying me to New York City in a couple of weeks to run a Play Ball camp. So uh, my, my home base is here and I've built up a good staff of assistant coaches that are great. Uh, and they, they really see through my lens of making it fun and, and building character. Um, so anytime I got to fly to a different state, they'll, uh, hold up the fort here, but it's become my favorite thing to do is to go around to different states, different cities, uh, and, and find these boots on the ground that can, get the word out to their community, find me a baseball field. And then I just show up with my drum and dish out nicknames and, and show them how baseball can be really fun. It's kind of like Johnny Appleseed, but on a baseball field. Um, and, and I bring that circus uh, to their town and, and they really, they really enjoy it. So <clears throat> my goal is to uh, have a sandlot going in all 50 States by 2025 and and that means not only just me going there and and coaching these sandlots but finding the heart and soul of each community that i go to and say hey i can't be in 50 places at once can you be the coach ball game of this town and um, i think there's a lot of people out there that would thrive on the job i certainly do it's a life giver for me so um that's that's the next phase of sandlots I love the dream or the vision, James, but how does this affect you now as a father with your two daughters? Like, how do you balance this out? You're traveling all over the place. Do you bring the girls with you at certain points? How do you work this into the schedule around school and the whole bit with what they got going on? Yep. It, it, very good point. And, and I, uh, I make, um, I make it my mission to bring them to as many of these places as I can. Uh, as school is very important, but I think that them going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, meeting, uh, all these different families in this place, maybe working in the snack shack, which they did this past summer with some uh, uh, with some other kids in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, learning life skills or or going to see Madison, Wisconsin or the Field of Dreams or New York City or Chicago or uh, the big arch in St. Louis. When they go to these different places, 
man, they're, they're just growing so much in, in life skills and in social skills. And the only tough part about it is when we leave that town and, and take the bus to the next town, they're pretty sad. They built some great relationships in these towns uh, and, and it's sad for them to see it go. But uh, my, my third grader was a little bit late last year for school uh, and just got back in time this year because we always do an August tour uh, through the Midwest and the East Coast. Um, so I try and bring as much as I can. It's it's not a perfect science. And Mrs. Ballgame, my wife, Tara Jean, she's able to uh, hold up the fort here when I do jump around from place to place. But yeah, as much as I can get them to the field and with me, I, I just feel better. And, and I think it, um, it's a family it's a family business. And when I'm old, too old to do this, my girls will run the show. Yeah, that's awesome, James. One, one thing on this show I focus on all the time is the fatherless crisis that we have going on with so many kids growing up without a father in the home. And I'm kind of curious, you work with so many young kids. Is there, do you have, is there a noticeable difference for you when you're getting around kids that have no father, no father figure in their life, in their home? Is it very noticeable for you as opposed to the kids that are coming there with the, with the two-parent household? Well, it's interesting. Uh, great point there. And yeah, it is. Uh, I, I feel it in my heart when when I can tell uh, there's something going on at home. And I, I try and I try and get I try and get as deep as I can with with each child just to kind of relate to them and, and, and kind of figure them out and understand, OK, they're going to respond to to this or they're not going to respond very well to to um, to certain energies that I bring out. But yeah, there, there are definitely places where uh, I can just tell the father's not present um, and and maybe they're a little bit on the bashful side uh, or they're a little bit on the uh, uh, rambunctious side. And either way, I know my my mission in that moment is to just try and, and be the best uncle I can be. Maybe I'm not going to teach that kid how to play baseball great today, but I can show them that a male figure uh, can be a positive, um, sweet, kind uh, 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 person in their life. And, and maybe that'll give them confidence moving forward uh, as they, you know, have other coaches or, or uh, other men that, that step into their lives and try and be a positive influence. Because uh, I've seen it. I've seen how these 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds um, you know, they're on their phones and they, they realize, okay, being negative or being mean or being a bully uh, or being disrespectful is kind of popular. Uh, and, and I really take that to heart. I take it personally when I see somebody being disrespectful to mom or being, uh, being a bully to somebody else. And, and, and I take it so personally that I'm going to make sure that, that they know that's not okay. And, and as, as much as I'm the fun coach, uh, if I step into a situation where, uh, I'm needed to be a, a positive influence. I'm going to, I'm going to make it my mission. I'm going to, I'm going to let that kid know, no, a baseball player does it differently. A baseball player is kind. Uh, they're respectful. Uh, they give that quiet, uncomfortable eye contact to the teacher or the coach uh, and they give fist bumps. They're spreading positivity and joy. So yeah, uh, as far as the, the fatherless crisis that we have, well, uh, I, I, I don't really know the remedy for that, but I do know that there's a lot of great coaches out there that can do something about it, that can help. And, and that's kind of my mission of getting Sandlots going all around the country is 
uh, for any kids that have something going on at home or a, a broken family, they have a weekly, a weekly thing that they can look forward to. And they know that that lady or that man, that coach that I have, uh, they're going to make me smile. And they're going to they're going to give me some tools that I can use when I go to school tomorrow when somebody's tempting me to be mean. Uh, no, you know what? That's not how Roberto Clemente would do it. That's not how Albert Pujols would do it. I like to tell stories about these baseball players that have been very kind um, and been great servers of their community uh, because those kids won't listen to their parents, but they'll listen to this guy, you know, and that's kind of how it works. I see my daughters, uh, sometimes they won't listen to dad, but the other 50 kids at the camp will. So uh, I think sometimes kids listen to coaches more than they do their moms and dads. It's so important what you're doing, and I love what you're saying there, too. And I know that the, the scope has changed. You talk about bullying, what kids are going through today. I mean, just last week, my son, one of my sons is a sophomore in high school, and there was a girl in his class that committed suicide last week, 14 years old, and it was a bullying problem that had been persistent in her life. And I think, I mean, I, I know growing up, I, we there was always fights, people getting picked on. The bully has been around since the dawn of man. But it just seems like I think this social media aspect has just taken this to a whole nother level because it's like now people have pictures, images, just that they can stay in your mind and harass you uh, and taunt you from morning till night. And I just think that there's I mean, something has got to be done as far as kids having access. I mean, my kids, my older ones that are in high school have the phones. They don't have social media accounts. As far as I know, I don't know if they got whatever it is with the Finsters. I know they have these fake accounts, uh, but I think social media has become as a disaster for adults but i think it's crippling to our youth no doubt about it and and you know i'm thankful that i'm not quite there with my daughters i'm going to be a big advocate of the flip phone um, until they're 30 and and i'll probably lose that but yeah it, it's it's really crippling is is the right word uh as as great as it's been for uh, a business owner like me to get the word out and be able to get a sandlot going in um you know, Arcadia, North Carolina or Hamilton, New Jersey. Uh, social media has been great for that. Uh, it, it's crippling uh, just as much as it is uh, productive. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know the answer. I, I know, I know the, what can I, what can I give to the situation is before they get a phone, when they're eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, uh, tell them the dangers of it. Let them know the dangers of being a bully. Let them know when you throw a ball uh, over a kid's head and then that kid yells at you because you made a bad throw. That's wrong. When a parent yells at an umpire because they made a bad uh, call, that's wrong. Uh, and just because it's popular doesn't make it right. If I can instill these values um, before they're 13, I mean, that's that's my place. That's my space. That's what I can do to help, hopefully help the situation. And then, yeah, uh, we've got to be able to control the, the, the head down, always on the scrolling social media act, because I've noticed it with any 12 year olds I've coached that have a cell phone and have these uh, apps on their phone. They act differently. They're, they're, they're more ADHD. They're less respectful. Um, they're just, they're less present. And, and I think that's, that's huge. We got to be more present and, and less just focused on all of these different pictures that we're seeing. And, and, and with, you know, the 14 year old that 
took her own life. I mean, it, it can't happen. It's just too devastating uh, for that to happen. So uh, hopefully I can get some engagements going in schools where I can speak to kids uh, on this uh, because, you know, I, I, I know God has given me a gift uh, to be able to kind of look a kid in the eye and, and, and say what you're doing is awesome or what you're doing is wrong. And they'll listen to me, you know? And so um, my goal, but yeah, it's just, it's heart wrenching. And, and you make a great point too, James, the, the social media part of it, the good thing, like you said, I, I, for me, I never had social media accounts until I began the podcast here because I didn't really see the point of it. And I still don't, unless you're actually uh, promoting something or selling something or you have, you have something of that nature. I really don't get the point. I mean, I understand families wanting to share pictures with families across the country. I mean, there's some good parts to it, uh, but there's just so much garbage. I think the parents too, uh, as much as we say the bullying with the kids that goes on parents, it's like our adults are bullying each other online all day long. It's like, God forbid you put something, you type something, you think it's a nice thing. Someone comes and attacks you. It's like what we're seeing on there is, and then also too, and I've noticed myself screen time. I'm, using so much more of it myself and I'm not living by the example because everything that I do with the podcast is around the, the phone. If I don't have my phone on me, I can't do any of it. So it's, it's hard to discipline myself and I know I got to do a better job of it as well. But I know you speaking about discipline and you're talking about kids that'll listen to you. What type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Oh no, I, I would say me and my wife are on the same page uh, with it. And, and a lot of times um, you know, we have to calm each other down uh, because, uh, it, it, again, just like on the baseball field, when we're at home, if I notice any sort of disrespect, same with my wife, man, we take it very personally. And, and I've learned to take some deep breaths uh, and, and slow everything down uh, because I was um, uh, kind of born and raised in a, a pretty strict household to the age I was three. Like uh, there was no questioning mom or dad. Uh, it was, um, you know, we, you know, we went to church four times a week. We went to a, a Christian preschool, went to a Christian elementary school. Uh, it was really by the book. And I, I'm naturally a pleaser. I'm naturally a yes man. Um, and then uh, when you add the, the strictness of the, the household there, it was just not okay to talk back or, or argue with, with mom or dad. Um, so that's where I'm coming from when I hear my daughter uh, react in a negative way or a disrespectful way or an argumentative way. But I, then I have to step back and say, wait, she's not me. I mean, she is my daughter, but um, I got to step into her shoes for a second. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to combust because um, when, when, uh, when somebody feels like they're just getting yelled at and, and the person that's yelling at them isn't showing any sort of empathy or relation to their, their state, uh, they turn you off. And I've learned that pretty quickly. That's why I engage and relate as much as I can with all the players I coach. Because when I do want to challenge them, um, I need to have earned their trust first. Uh, and, and, and they need to see, wait, Coach Ballgame, he, um, he, he showed me sadness before. He's not always just rah, 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 that guy. Like it's a genuine, it's a genuine um, place that, that he's coming from uh, when he challenges me. So uh, that's what I try and do as a father is, is when I've made a mistake, man, I got to go in there before bed and I got to say, I messed up. I'm sorry. The mischievous nature that, that, that you have, you get that from me. 
uh, all the, all the, uh, are, uh, you know, every, every negative trait that you have, you got it from me. And I think those are the moments when my daughter will actually submit and say, it's okay, daddy, or I'm going to try and do better. Daddy is when I, I actually, you know, drop all the, uh, I, I drop all the uh, armor and just be raw and genuine with, with her. Uh, that's, that's when we get to a good place. And, you know, I'm learning with the eight-year-old and as the four-year-old gets older, uh, hopefully I can, I can come from a, a better place there. So uh, we're pretty strict parents, that's for sure. But I'm learning how to, how to manage that in a way where um, she's not going to turn me off. <laughs> Very cool. And getting back onto the diamond there, one last thing about the baseball is what, what would you say, James, is the most most common mistake or, or biggest uh, thing that kids are doing wrong that you're coming to all these different places? What's the most common mistake you're seeing with kids that you need that you automatically seem to have to correct all the time? Well, um, I'll start with, with what I think is more important, and that's kind of the, the social aspect of the game or the, um, uh, the, the, the mental side of the game, and that's just the, the sphere of failure. And I think a lot of it stems from parents, and parents aren't trying to sabotage their kids, but uh, when there's this win-at-all-cost mentality uh, in a game, I see a lot of kids turn from, from a really fun, great player in practice to this uh, kind of tight, defensive, afraid-to-fail player in the game. And when you've got a coach or a parent screaming, hey, don't strike out or don't chase a, a bad pitch or don't walk this guy, um, they immediately just think of the worst. Like the, the anxiety that a parent is feeling in the bleachers, multiply that by 10. And that's what your 10 year old is feeling uh, in the box. So I really try and educate the parents on how to just keep it cool, go to the snack shack, get some popcorn, go stand behind left field and just enjoy two hours of a baseball game. Make it feel like a birthday party. Why? Because they're going to play better when they're having more fun. They're going to play worse when they're afraid to fail. So uh, that's what I see uh, a, a lot of. And I, and I try and train the, the parents to, to go about it the right way. And then the kids will follow. Um, as far as uh, any kind of uh, instructional thing I would give for, for baseball players, I, I think I could, uh, I could go with catching a ball like this, where they get hit in the face and then they're afraid of the ball, uh, as opposed to what we want to do, which is high five, meet, squeeze and freeze. And you can practice that on your bed. You can toss it up and practice high-fiving it with a tennis ball to get more brave. Uh, with throwing the ball, the ball gets too close to their ear and they push. So we try and create a capital L and create this whip where, um, where they're throwing the ball with, with, a, with a nice, low, fast um, motion. And then for hitting, uh, there's like a, a reach back and a golf underneath the ball that happens a lot with young kids. And I think, you know, uh, we think we're going to hit it really far when we reach back far and we go, you know, we take this long swing, but we actually want to have this quick, short, quick swing forward to the ball. So um, those are just three basic things that I see all over the country. Um, and, and, you know, just one little song or one little catchphrase can really uh, get them on the right track and then they'll perform better in the games and the parents will yell less and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in a good place, but all in all, uh, my mission uh, is, is to kind of push back against the, 
the narrative that I've been, that's been seeping into youth sports. Uh, you've got to win. You've got to be on the best travel team. And there's this specialization. You've got to only play one sport year round uh, or you're not going to make it in the high level. I mean, that's just false. That's just a lie. Uh, Mike Trout's a great outfielder because he played uh, high school basketball and he was an all-state basketball player. Um, these, these college coaches and these major league and minor league coaches, they want great athletes that aren't burnt out mentally and physically. So um, play multiple sports, become a great athlete. The cream will rise to the top. Uh, but when I have a seven-year-old come to me and say, my travel ball coach won't let me play soccer because I have to play year-round baseball, that kid is demoralized because they want to play baseball with all their friends. They also want to play soccer. They want to swim. They want to be a kid. They want to have dinner with their family at the table. Um, so uh, create a multifaceted athlete uh, and, and, and make sure you don't burn them out. I think that's, that's the most important thing I could say all day. Yeah, I, I love that. And James, just as much as there's the good content like yours on, on social media, we see it all the time with these videos of parents that are becoming just, you know, unbelievably um, you know, violent at some of these games, the way that they yell the umps. It's like you see so many of those videos, too. So it's, it's great to see that there's positive content on there like yours. I'm going to drop the links to your socials in this podcast uh, description. But where do they go? Where do the people go to find you online? Yeah, coach ball game. Uh, I don't think you've really heard those two words in the same sentence. Uh, it, it doesn't happen much. Most people call me coach baseball or Mr. Baseball, or, uh, but it's coach ball game at coach ball game on all the socials. And then coachballgame.com is where you'll find all my camps across the country. And I've got a podcast as well on, on making youth sports better and making parents better sports parents and kids happier kids. Um, so it's all at Coach Ball Game, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and then uh, www.coachballgame.com is the main hub. Yeah, I love that. As I said, I'm going to drop the link to all that in the description of the episode so my listeners can tap it, get on over there. Great resource for so many dads out there. Last thing I want to hit you with, James, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? No, I don't want to end on a negative thought, but maybe this isn't negative. This is productive. I just didn't have anybody really warn me how, how difficult those first six months were. Um, and, you know, there, there was a lot of, oh, it's going to be the best. It's going to be the best. It's so exciting. And then I get into the thralls of it with, uh, with you know, uh, your, your wife has just had the major, a major thing happen. So their body is not uh, acting normally. So you need to, uh, as, as, as whatever their, uh, their, their pain level is multiply it by about seven. And that's what it really is. Uh, so really be, be the, their, their best teammate, uh, for your wife, uh, and, and just be ready for, for the toughest of days. There's, there's, there's a lot of no sleep. Uh, there, there's a lot of evening coffees, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, when you, when you get into all the, the, the things like breastfeeding and the complications that come with that, and then, you know, uh, just, oh, it, it's just a lot of, of very challenging times. And, and, and here's how I'll, I'll round it all out. Just don't give up, man. Just be your, you'd be your strongest, toughest football minded, um, teammate there. And, and just, just keep after it because, I know it can it can add some strain to your relationship with your wife, 
uh, just be just be their best teammate. Be be their number one fan. Um, and and then it does get better. It gets better. It gets easier. But yeah, I, I think that's that's important. It's going to be really tough and be ready for it. Yeah. Love the message. Coach Ball game. James Lowe, thank you. Uh, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. You're the man. Atta boy. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. First Class Fatherhood is a family-made media podcast. Please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com or www.familymade.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.